0: Experience the age-old Irish hospitality at Legroff's Pub and Grill, a Swiggo's premier local spot, to grab a cold one and cheer on your favorite sports teams. Stop in for an ice-cold beer alongside some exceptional pub fare. Burgers, wings, chicken sandwiches, Philly cheesesteaks, soups, and more. You want it, they've got it, served up with more than 40 years of awesome customer service. Have a friendly game of darts against players from across the world. That's right, players from across the world. Where else in Oswego can you go to play darts against somebody from across the world? That's crazy. Watch the games on their eight big screen TVs or just relax at Oswego's Neighborhood Bar and Grill. Lagroff's Pub, 187 East 10th Street in Oswego.
1: Check them out on Lagroffs.com. Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Tom Baker. Hello,
0: everyone, and welcome to the Inside Groove Supermodified podcast. Of course, podcast brought to you by IPC Indy and also by the good folks at Wagroff's Pub and Skip's Fish Fry. And um, my gosh, uh, you can't forget Rich Worth and JS Paving because Rich is so active in supermodified racing. And thanks to all of them for making this show possible. This is our 2023 season preview show. And thankfully, Camden Proud is... <laughs> on the phone with me because um as you can hear the frog has not quite departed my throat yet so i um, been having voice issues all week the tom baker show was basically um embarrassing but we did it because we wanted to make sure we got it out it's a reboot of the show and it is our new flagship show for our brand um and you'll want to if you're a fan of motorsports in general You're going to want to listen to this one because this show is basically I'm taking it back to the very beginning and doing it with the same um, attitude that I did the first Inside Groove show with. uh, And we're going to have some fun with it. So we're going to try to cover the business of the sport. We'll cover safety. Um, We're going to do a lot of different things. We'll have some crazy guests on the show um, and uh, looking forward to all that. That's a weekly show to be out on Wednesdays this show um got to work with cam a little bit here because i want to make sure i keep him involved as much as i can during the season um to help do the wrap-up shows we are going to start um more frequently putting out the season rewind shows as well we're still in the 72 season hope to get, get that finished and get into 73 um as we get into um the middle half or so of the uh current super modified season because we want to keep that fifty years. But man, back then they used to run about twenty two races a year. So it gets uh gets tough to do them all. But we're gonna work our way through it as best we can. Camden, welcome back to the show. It is great to have you back on US Soil. And um we'll get the elephant out of the room early. I know that um your dad is having some health challenges here and uh because of that you won't be uh, ready to start the season uh, with everybody else on Saturday. I know that both of you hate that. We are praying for his health and for, um, you know, you to get back on the track uh, as quickly as possible.
2: Well, thank you very much, Tom. It certainly means a lot. And obviously not what we had envisioned or hoped for at all. We're super excited to, get back out there at the beginning of the season and felt that with a year under our belt on that car we were going to come out of the gate strong and um it's all good I told my dad he could he could never let me down he feels like he's letting me down but really the only way he could do that is by not putting his health first and correct I'm glad that's what he's doing it's nothing too serious we're listening to the doctors and good just sorting through a, a few symptoms and As soon as he has the all-clear to go back to pushing and pulling and mounting tires and all that fun stuff, then the 54 will be back at the track, hopefully both of the 54s, and we'll see him back in the car later this year.
0: I was just going to say, Tim, you got to get better quick, buddy, because we need you both back in the car. We want to see you both win a race this year. So, um, okay, with that being said... um, we've got several things to talk about a complete preview of the season, all three divisions. Um, and then we've got a couple of folks that we want to sort of, um, pay some tribute to, um, because in the span of time between shows here, um, we actually lost, uh, well, we lost Mike Murphy about, uh, three, four, maybe five weeks ago. Now time goes so quick. And, um, I felt like I needed somebody who knew Mike and was around Mike more than I was to really properly help me remember Mike. And then we lost Ron Sharkey as well. So Cam and I will get to all of that here momentarily, but we're going to kind of start on a high note, if you will, and preview what I think has the chance to be one of the most intriguing and entertaining Seasons of Racing in the Big Block, super modified class at the Oswego Speedway in quite some time. Much of that thanks to John Nicotra and um, his group who have put this whole sort of super modified challenge series together over the last year or so. They Last year's was, I thought, quite successful. Three race series. This year it goes to five. And it includes the Jim Champai Memorial, which starts off the season this Saturday. And it also includes the Classic, which I love. And man, it is incredible, Camden, to see all of the cars from the Isma Circuit. Um, And again, I want to bring Danny Sewell a little bit into this too, because part of what made this possible was that Danny and, um, and the Mays uh, from MSS kind of got together, combined their schedule. So it's one schedule um, and it, no conflicts, which is great. And now we're starting to see, Cam, um, several of these teams that are actually going to take a shot at this five-race series, starting with Saturday Night's Race. And some of them, like Clyde Booth, are putting the tail wing on for the first time ever
2: it's been a long
0: time coming yes absolutely so um let's go through this here first of all let's kind of isolate if you can um i mean i know you've got the roster of all the the pre-entrants um for the super modified division for this year and who we expect to see but let's isolate some of the out-of-towners the invaders um that are are going to be there on saturday night and anyway, well, i guess we could start with Clyde booth and mike Ordway jr i know that jr's got to be over the moon about this and um i'm so excited to see him getting this opportunity i don't i don't remember when the last time we saw Clyde booth run an oswego uh race i have to think it'd be a classic and maybe with doug didero driving the car years ago i don't remember what year that would have been like 2012 or something
2: 2007 that was the last time
0: (laughs) that far back huh
2: (laughs) yeah the 07 classic it's been a while wow
0: i was awful because i remember doug driving it here at concord um and um I was thinking it was the second time that they ran the supers uh here, but it must have been the first show um and because uh, that would have been around that time but man um that's that's amazing um and that is just i think to me that's possibly the most intriguing because um of course his dad won a classic in that car um and uh that would have i don't know if a father and son have ever well i guess uh no i don't know has that ever happened a father and son actually Well, i guess pat and jeff abel but um in the they weren't in the same car so uh it well i guess you could count it. it's the same it's a different car but same team um so they may be the only ones that i could think of that ever actually have um both won classics um and i I mean, Clyde is, Clyde is smart as a whip. You got to think he'll have that car dialed in.
2: I would think so. I was down there in February. It was, I think I mentioned this on the last show, and the car looked real good. And I know they've got it all ready to go now. I was a little nervous when Mike had the fire at Jennerstown. When yeah, he was man. I said, oh, boy, I hope that wasn't the engine. And sure enough, it was. But they got one that they were using last year, I believe, all all rebuilt and, and freshened and, and ready to go, and they're going to practice tomorrow night. And I know that Mike Ordway Jr. Has, has just been chomping at the bit for this opportunity for a while uh, to not only get to drive for Clyde Booth and see the success that he's had, but to now have that come full circle and drive that car at Oswego where his dad Built so much of his legacy. Yes. It's got to mean a lot to him. He loves the Swigo, and of course, they're going to be fast. I'm sure they're going to be competitive and um, mostly just really excited for, for Mike. I know how much this means to him. And um, ironically enough, the one and only time he ran in a Swigo configuration, I guess we'll call it super modified, was in the 2007 Classic, also. So both he and Clyde, the last time they ran in a Swigo race, was on the same weekend in the '07 Classic. So interesting. I what was, was kind of interesting. What
0: was? I wonder what Mike was driving back then. I can't. I can't. I don't remember that happening. But it must have been a New England-based car. I'm assuming. It was the
2: '66. I think it was. Okay. A black 66. I forget who owned the car. It'll oh. come. Interesting. Okay. I'll the middle of the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just shout it out. Uh... That's, uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's good to see. It'll be good to see that car back and, uh, really interesting to see how it performs. Um, who else is, um, cause we've had some real bombshells here, frankly. I mean, you know, we, we guys like Mike McVetta have, have done it before who we got. That's new. That's coming in. That's, um, that's really a surprise.
2: I would say A.J. Lisecki is a pretty big surprise. That's exciting. That's a brand-new car. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, he's kind of doing
2: it. Yeah, and they did a a really good job of it. The car looks great. They've only raced it once at Jennerstown, and were very competitive out of the box. Unfortunately, got caught up in a tangle, but they're going to be, I think, bringing both cars here but planning to run the new one in practice tomorrow and then for the race Saturday. So. That's the other guy that's never done it before. And then, of course, you have the completely raw rookie to super modified racing, Ryan Zitzka. And that's in a former McVetta car. Those guys are out of Buffalo. They raced TQs for a while at Lancaster and dove deep into super modified racing over the off season. purchased a great car. They were down at Jennerstown and did a good job really getting that car together and... Dealing with some mechanical problems and just going through the motions, the typical early season woes. And um, it's good that they're using the Fast Friday session. I think they're signing up for both of them and, and taking advantage of that just to, to get used to the car and and we'll see what they've got. I'm I'm excited for them. It's always exciting to have a, a new team to to super modified racing. That's what we need this new blood. So
0: for good news. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And they've made quite the commitment. Now, um, I may have an interesting um, note about this situation, but I'm not sure if um, if this is related or not, uh, but I have to think it would be, and I'll explain. So I remembered when I saw that name back in the mid-70s when Ron McLeod first bought the Gordon Dukes, the ex Gordon Dukes car that became his 81. um, He was still driving for Jim Sewell in the 32. And um, I remember in a program, Jim Forlito, who used to write a column in there mentioned in his column that um, Ron was planning to stay with Sewell um, and put uh a new driver into the 81 and he called him an up-and-coming talent and said the name was Ron Zitzka. And I've always remembered that name. And I Ron McLeod was from Western New York. Um so I'm very curious and maybe you can do the research um for me on this to, to know if Ron is a relation or, um, of some sort, because I mean, I, I'm not very good at sort of calculating the math and ages. And I really don't know how old Ryan is, but, um, but you know, maybe not his dad, but potentially maybe a grandfather and uncle or something. Um, it would be interesting to know because that never happened as far as I remember, um, I don't think that ever materialized. So it would be ironic if about 50 years later, the Zitska family finally made it to Oswego a Swigo in a super modified.
2: Wow. That, that'd be an interesting tidbit to look into.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you're, you're obviously there. I'm not going to be able to be up there this weekend. So, uh, see what you can find out. Let me know. Um, because that would be fun uh and it's just one of those you know those odd things and you and you know we always talk about how generational the super modified division is um <clears throat> that one may have taken half a century to materialize but um i've got the program so in my stack somewhere where jim mentions that and um you know i always remembered the name over the years because it's not a very common name and um I saw it again not an awful long time ago and then saw this news come out that, you know, this uh Ryan Zitska was coming and I wondered if it was any relation. So there you go. I'll let you investigate that and maybe on I the next will. show we'll we'll figure out the answer because that would be a fun little piece of trivia there. Um and uh it, you know, just uh just one of those ironic little stories. So I'm um, looking forward to having the new blood we need rookies badly um and um they uh they've definitely made a serious commitment to it so um excited to to see how that goes he ran at Jennerstown didn't he
2: he did yeah yep they warmed up the car a little bit at Jennerstown and bought a couple mechanical problems but nonetheless like I said they've done a good job they're prepared uh very involved on social media and seem very excited and enthusiastic about this so i'm i'm thrilled to to see them
0: get involved that's cool i'll have to look him up um okay so um let's let's talk about the 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 rest of the list here do we have i i know we've got other invaders here who else have we got that's coming in
2: yeah quite a few non-regulars obviously otto sitterly committed to doing this five race series mike mcveta will be back in fact he's already here i just Watch him pull into the campgrounds or at least his car is here. Oh, Somebody nice. towed his car out here because Mike is it's kind of an interesting storyline. He has a pretty busy weekend on tap because he's got the Silver Crown event on Friday, the the Hoosier Hundred at IRC. Oh, is
0: he running that? Wow.
2: Yeah, and then plans to be here Saturday, so that's <laughs> that's quite the double
0: yes it is and not the double that you hear a lot of drivers doing over the years so that's 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 awesome um i love that okay that's good that mike's uh yeah not surprising but totally but that's still good to have him here who else
2: yeah uh what was surprising to me is eric iosu oh is eric gonna run it with the Bodner car, the first ever Bodner car to run the Oswego tailwind.
0: Wow, that's going to be interesting. So they, uh, they're they not, do they still have the other Oswego car that they were running before?
2: No, the Booth car they sold to somebody in Ohio. I forget the name. Okay. He raced late models for a while, and I'm not sure what he plans to do with it. Hopefully some MSS stuff. And it's that's a really good car, so I'd love to see it out here this way again someday. But yeah, really, it ended up out in the Midwest. And by the way, the '66, the 2007 classic, I knew I'd figure it out. It was a older Vic Miller car. Vic owned the car. They ran it with a wing on Saturday, Mike Ordway Jr., and then jumped in it uh, non-wing on Sunday. Oh, Qualified wow. in 18th, and then finished 24th. He dropped out with a mechanical issue. But that's the only time ever that he's raced a super modified at all without the top wing.
0: Wow. That's fun. An old Vic Miller car. Okay. So wait, you know, when you have a career where you can say that you've driven for both Vic Miller and Clyde Booth, that's a pretty good career. (laughs) Like those. And he's young. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really? Those are two legendary guys. Um, Okay. Uh, Let's continue. Who else we got?
2: Russ Wood and the John Coloka 41.
0: I saw that. He was down, what, 17 threes or so the other night in practice? 17
2: threes, yeah. It seemed like they were struggling to get the handle on the car a little bit, but Russ has shown plenty of speed in that car before, so hopefully they're in better shape come race day, but it's great to have a legend like Russ back in the field and back running a Swiggo. Picking up yet another top five in the classic there a couple of years ago with that car. So, huge name to have back involved up here and for, sure. and the, for Saturday night. So, that's exciting. Ben Seitz will be back in the 44, the Vic Miller car. And as far as invaders who aren't weekly, with the exception of Jerry Kern, I think that's the only other invader that's not going to be weekly this year. Michael Barnes, Sorel Racing seems sort of on the fence, whether or not they were running weekly. Michael thought maybe not. I've heard otherwise, you know how the rumors go, but they are committed to the five race challenge, which is kind cool. of interesting with the Sorel car or both Sorel cars between the three wing shows and the Oswego wing shows. I know they're running Mr. Super modified and hopefully more so, Vic miller this year has decided to use only the old car for the top lane races because last year he had used both he, right. he ran the yep. car with michael driving and then the oswego hawk car with sites driving so they're going to actually park the hot car and only use that for the oswego shows with ben and then ben will be in the older chassis for the top lane shows so unfortunately that means no michael barnes driving the 11 this year but I'm glad that Gary and Eric Sorrell are willing to put the top wing on the 68. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. So that's again, kind of an interesting storyline to follow. So yeah, all kinds of stuff going on and, and we should be 24 strong for Saturday night. So a full field uh, on opening night and you can't ask for much more. Thank you, John Nicotra.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, so let me understand. So Vic Miller has a Hawk car. Obviously, but he's decided yep. to park that car altogether for the Oswego shows. He's going to run even the the tail wing on the older chassis that he built. Nope,
2: he's going to run the hot car for the tail wing shows. Oh. Park that car for the
0: winged shows. Okay. All right, that, um, that made more yeah. sense okay okay i thought i i mis- misheard you i thought they weren't going to run the hawk car to swig at all okay so they're just not going to run two cars at any of the shows which correct yeah that's um i mean it's expensive to run two so if mike's got a ride yeah. then we didn't lose michael which is okay i right i think i think we'd all be kind of excited to see what um what the 68 can do with the top wing so um You know, I think that's going to be kind of interesting. And I, you know, I was wondering, honestly, if that team would come back at all. I know there's been ongoing conversation about Michael not, you know, wanting to keep racing or whatever. You hear all those rumors. And I'm glad that uh, in the end they decided to come back. So, um, you know, I'll trade a Vic Miller car for the Sorrell team any day and still have a Vic Miller car. So we. Yeah we uh we didn't lose anything okay so all right so we we we've kind of got the um non-regulars out of the way so let's go through the roster here so who is uh who is on the entry list for the uh also we gonna be with big block super modified division this year and um How many of them are actually, I I assume everybody would would run this show, uh, being a big show, regardless of whether they're going to run the whole series or not.
2: Right. Yeah, weekly commitment cars that I know we're going to have are 00 Gozik, 01 Connors, 02 Bellinger, 05 Abled, 0 Snyder, 22 Bruce, 39 Slowed, 52 Danzer, 66 LeVay Sr., 83 LeVay Jr., 90, Patrick, 94, Ray 95, Shulick, 98, Thompson. And I know how a tulip is going to run all but opening night because he's going to watch the Indy 500. So oh, good for him. That,
0: yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> excuse me, that is an acceptable excuse for missing opening night. Um, you're Fair gonna, enough. <laughs> gonna go watch the indy 500 we'll let him out of uh let him out of school for that okay um good to know that hal's coming back and uh i mean we gotta be are we is joe gonna be celebrating his 70th birthday i mean he's he's i know he's close i i keep losing track what's he about 67 now
2: yeah, he turned 67 in March.
0: Good grief, man. He can probably still beat up half of you younger drivers, too. Um, incredible. Uh, it's just amazing how he keeps going. I'm happy to see him back, and hopefully a great year for everybody. Not a, a ton of surprises on that list. Um, I think we kind of would assume that all of those folks were coming back, but nonetheless, great to have that kind of um deep competition i mean you know it's like i told somebody the other day um the the champagne memorial this weekend will probably have the most stacked non well most stacked oswego wing configuration um that for an opening day race that we've had in quite some time
2: for sure no doubt about that
0: and i know you should enlist yourself as a commitment car but i i know I know that's not because you weren't intending to be, so um, we, we again, we hope that you get out there really soon. We know you're planning to run every week once you can get going. Yes. So, yes. Um, well,
2: you get one draft, so we're still a commitment card, technically, so we'll see okay. what happens so, come June 10th.
0: Well, um, and I, now, I know that prior to your dad's health issues, you were talking about the idea of running the top wing and running the series is right. there still a possibility that if your dad gets healthy and you've got you know one two whatever of those races left would you um w- would would you still consider taking a shot at that or, d- yeah. or does this uh situation sort of change that maybe you just focus on the on the on the tail wing stuff for the year
2: no, we still want to support it. Actually, we're really shooting for Evans Mills, and if we could make it for the July or August toppling race at Oswego, we'd be all in for that as long as he's, he's up to it. So, yeah, we're we're still kind of planning Sweet. on
0: it. Sweet. Well, there you go. So I uh, just wanted to clarify that because that adds another card to the list, and I would love to see you put a toppling on that thing, see what you can do, and I know you really want to do that. So, okay, um, that's a good field of supermodifieds and um again for those who might be listening for the first time run through the uh the series schedule for john's races and talk about uh then what you know what sort of fills in around it for the oswego speedway season i guess you could just go through the oswego schedule uh one race at a time
2: Yeah, so just to highlight the series shows, obviously on Saturday, starting with the Champagne Memorial, and then after that, it's all top-wing up until the Classic on Labor Day weekend. So June the 3rd, next Saturday, July 1st and August 12th are the three top-wing shows, and then the series will finish up with the 67th running of the 200 on Sunday, September 3rd. So that's John the Coacher series, and that series has its own point standings and its own point fund obviously $25,000 point fund to the top 10 overall combined points between the two Oswego wing races and the three top wing races and they'll be using the ISMA MSS point standings for the top wing races their point structure and then the Oswego point structure for the two Oswego races and combining those into one overall challenge champion so just a pretty cool deal. It's really it incredible what, what John has done and all the sponsors that he's gotten to, to back this. 4000 to win for the Champagne Memorial this weekend. There's there's a lot to talk about and kind of a lot to unpack here already. And we haven't even started racing yet. So I'm super excited. Uh, so that's this weekend, Champagne Memorial, June 3rd, the first Wayne race coming up next Saturday night. June 10th is family night. We'll have the Supers three fifties SPS and also the super stocks general admission tickets are only $8 and kids in and under free. Uh, We are off on June the 17th for the ISMA MSS super crown nationals at Lorraine and June 24th, come back with autograph night supers SPS three fifties. And normally that's the week off. So don't not come to the track on graduation weekend because We are racing. We're off the 17th this year. And then the weekend after grad weekend is the big Independence Weekend show. The Independence Spectacular, which this year will be a winged race, which is an Oswego guy I kind of don't love. But it is what it is. Still an awesome show. Fireworks. Isma MSS, Supers, SBS, and 350s that weekend. And July the 8th, a little something different, the Twin 40s, double features for the Supers. Twin 40s? purse yeah first time ever that we've done twin 40s interesting okay that is interesting I that. I
0: don't,
2: yeah i don't know where that idea came from but we'll see how it goes i guess as long as they aren't crash fest it's it's okay with me because we aren't getting shafted on the purse and they're increasing that for the competitors which is great uh SBS and 350s on the card that night also July the fifteenth, we're off for Berlin, which is going to be a huge two-day weekend for yes, Islamit. Also, sure. so notice how well we're all working together with each other. I love this it. Great. Uh, the twenty-second of July, thirty-sixth annual ten thousand dollar to win night. Mister Super, Mister SBS, and Mister Three Fifty, and off again the last week in July for Sandusky, High Miler Nationals, and Harborfest. August we have three shows the 5th of August is Retro Night and Old Timers Night and we're doing Twin 40s again on August the 5th so not as many weeks or weekends where there's a Swiggo Supers racing but there's still just as many features as last year because of these two Twin 40 race nights so Twin 40s round one and two I don't love it I'll be honest but we'll see how it goes
0: see i love i i used to love the twin thirty fives um when they used to run them because you had a lot of first time winners in those races you know yes. at the time they were using the what I call the real handicap system where the high point man man started like eighteenth and um it worked out great because you know you'd sometimes get a driver who hadn't won who would start up front and be able to, to just get out front and and uh and hang on and win and i always thought that was a cool thing for the underdogs to get a shot so uh i always like those races and it was fun trying to watch the big dogs get through the field in that short of amount of time obviously this is a different you know different era different race car um harder to come through the field uh you know harder to pass with the cars we have now and in some, it's, it's some in some ways but um but I still think the shorter races are 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 cool um it it just is a different um it's different for the fans uh and as long as I know that the the complaint always was it was the same purse split in half which I always thought was a bummer um and so I'm glad that you said that they've increased the purse um, so I think that's cool. I think it's something different. We'll see how it works out. Uh, but, um, you know, again, that, that's more laps for the fans. Um, yep. you know, so <clears throat> we'll see how that, uh, how that goes. Um, okay. So, uh, what else do we need to know about the big blocks? Uh,
2: nothing too much more about the big blocks okay. for, for now, um, the rest of the schedule was August 12th is my MSS again, and then August 19th, championship night, and then obviously classic. So that's that's the schedule. I guess just what I'd like to highlight is, is the purse. I know I said 4,000 to win, but this is the best champagne memorial purse probably since the millennium, I think. Uh, 1,200 to start guaranteed. Wow. And four thousand for first, two thousand five hundred for second, two thousand two hundred for third, wow 2, for fourth, eighteen hundred for fifth. I mean this is a stacked purse. Thanks to John Nakotra, thanks to John Brush from Corpac. thanks to Ed Close from TJ Toyota of Potsdam. This is this is a big deal. I'm really Very. excited.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be fun and I will be watching. Um. That's uh. That's fantastic. It'll be on Flow Racing for those of you who don't know FlowRacing dot com. Yes. Every week carries the super modifieds, and I was thrilled to see that Jennerstown was actually streamed too. Uh, and um, I hope that all of the ISMA races will be. Um, we need the more supers that are you know the more super races that are on the more visibility and um the better. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's go to the um 350 Supers. I know the last time you and I talked, which was a few months ago, it seemed like we were maybe losing a car or two in that division um and um I know some time has passed and I've tried to keep up, but um, Where are we at now? How are we doing with the 350 car count? Who's coming back? Who's, I know we lost Brian Sobis, but the 45 is back. Um, it's with a different driver in the car. I think a different owner too, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Uh We can't escape the purple people eater, I
0: guess. <laughs> well, I think that was the 75 last year. Wasn't Brian's car red?
2: Yeah, but it's still the Purple People Eater anyway. Yeah,
0: just changed the number. (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, talk about the 350s. Where are we at?
2: Well, I'm honestly a little disappointed with the opening night field. I'll just be up front. It looks like we're only going to have 10 cars. Oh, wow. So that's uh, definitely disappointing. We lost Dalton Doyle, um, which is now Nick Kenny's car. But we also lost a car because the Kenny car is now the Robbie worth backup car. And that's just going to sit as far as I know. Um, Barry Kinsley, I was kind of encouraged last month when Roy said that Trent Wilkinson was going to take over the announcing because Barry was going back racing and oh, I cool. guess he's is, but that's not going to be for a while.
0: Oh
1: man.
2: Told me So, we we lose out there. We lose Mike Bruce because his car is still on a table at Hawksby's. We lose Danny Kay to a wedding. <laughs> I don't know who. Not his. I was gonna he's say there. he's
0: yeah he did that a while ago.
2: Yeah, um, so I don't know whose wedding it is, but he's missing opening night. Beautiful car though. He he did yeah, a. Yeah, I saw they made night.
0: the debut, and I'm really excited about that. Really uh, happy for Danny and the team to to get that out there, and hopefully it'll. Um, I know they'll find the speed in it, and it's good to have that. That There again, that's an older car that's been resurrected as a 350, so that's awesome to see.
2: It is, yeah. That's really cool to have a Joya chassis, 350 Super, and I noticed at open practice last weekend, Steve, Joya was very involved and I think kind of enjoying being a part of that, so that that was neat. Um, Tony Stevens, they've done a fantastic job with that car. It's a beautiful car. And Joey DeStevens does not get enough credit for the fabricator that he is at his age and all of the work he does. It's unbelievable. I'm jealous. I envy him. I've never been too into the working on the car part of it. I'll be honest, but <laughs> what, uh, what he does at his age is seriously unbelievable. He and, and Noah Ratcliffe. It's like wow. It's it's great to have kids even younger than me that are so interested and involved in the fabrication part of it and the setup and working on the car part of it. So good for those guys. And, and Tony got on the track with it tonight and that's the former Gozik car and got down to 18.0, which I was pretty darn impressed with. He did a great job and did exactly what he needed to do tonight. So nice, some good seat time under his belt and they're planning on debuting that car. I would assume now sooner than later. They talked about later in the season, but I'm thinking they will be, Doing double duty in no time, so good good for them. Um, but that's again another car where we're gonna have to wait a few weeks. Um, we got no red cars, no locks. The 37, or I'm sorry, the 38. I guess it is the 350 for Ryan, and the 88, the defending track champ, won't be there either. I don't know why. Jeff oh wow, just, Jeff just said they won't be ready, so I don't I don't really know why that is, but I thought that they were running the majority of the races that don't conflict with Chase's midget schedule and opening night was one of those races but I guess not anymore so that's that's unfortunate uh, and we're also losing Talon Hawksby for this week I have no idea why that is either Joey Hawksby had said they're just not ready I think just, I don't know they were signed up for Fast Friday and I was they just weren't So that's a shame because that's another weekly car, another young gun that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And we also lost Jeffrey Battle, Ryan Battle, and Eddie Whitcomb to the Lee Speedway 350 race that is on Saturday that Bobby Weber is promoting. And not only that, but theoretically we maybe lost a car or two that would have considered coming out for... The opening night purse, which is a little bigger, a little more to start. We're giving toll money to the New England guys, and unfortunately, Smack has a show this weekend at Waterford, also. So I really wish we didn't have three 350 races running against e- each other. I I don't understand it. It's the big blacks are working together, yeah. and Now 350s aren't. So I don't know what what the deal is, but well, it's disappointing.
0: Yeah ego unfortunately big egos get in the way um and you know people just i don't know that's can't uh can't make much sense of that that just that that there is nothing about that that makes any sense because if you make all the cars available for every show you're we see already with with just the saturday night big block field we see the benefit of that and um you know if you split it uh, because everybody wants to be a promoter and everybody wants to do their own thing, um, you know, then you split the field and nobody wins in that scenario because the two New England races are going to split each other. If yep. if not, take cars, a few cars from Oswego. And of course, you know, um, Oswego is a weekly series, so you know, it just doesn't make any sense, but, um, fair enough. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take who we get and hope that the rest of them, um, come along for the next race. Um, you know, and, and, um, man, I, I, I just hope that, um, I really thought that division would, would grow. Uh, I know that, you know, when you lose, be you Dalton Doyle deciding to run dirt, that's, you know, that happens, you know, somebody's wants to try something different or whatever. There's, you know, and Dalton has supported a swing for quite a while. Um, but, um, man, we just, we need that division to grow. So I don't know what the answer is. I would have thought that would have, uh, been self-evident. We'd be up near 20 cars a week by now, but, um, that's, yeah. you know, we're just not there. Um, but, uh, definitely some quality cars in, in the ones who will be there and hopefully it'll be a good race. Uh, I know that the 45, um, I think, uh, Bobby Holmes is going to be the regular driver of that car, but he's right. He's out for the weekend with, is it his son that has a cart race maybe? And, um, yes. so who we got Tyler in the car. Yeah, so Tyler's
2: in the car, and it's being maintained by Mike Barbera and the top quality crew, and Chris Emmons, who owns CME Electrical Supply, he sponsors and has sponsored Race Nights at the Speedway for the last few years. Yeah. uh, Decided to purchase that car from Vern Lefebvre, which I guess there again is another car we lost.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Mike had two cars. I assumed this was the one of those cars that Mike had that, that Chris bought. So this is lefave's no. old car. So Mike's two cars are are either of those still in a or what's where did those go? Nope, so
2: the red car that Sobus drove that got sold back out to the New England area. And then the now let me think. Sobus was the forty five and then yeah. the other one was the purple car, the seventy five and that had all sorts of different drivers, Holmes yeah. and Thompson yeah. and Logan, Christopher Foley, and Matt Caprera bought that at the end of last well, year. that's right. And he lives here, but he's only running smack. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. I mean, he's very talented, yeah. versatile young driver. He does a great job on the dirt, did a fine job at Oswego, and was hoping they'd be another weekly edition there, so it's
1: kind of another one of those
2: cars that's gonna sit it seems like and that's just a shame
0: that's too bad i mean i look i i don't want to like poo poo on any series i think it's great (laughs) smack you know smack has a series and we got you know i'm happy to see the the interest in the class and happy to see all that going on but um, yeah you just hate it, it you know you just hate to see i guess you 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 would like to see a situation where everybody tries to support everything that's going on and you know um it's uh it's interesting that somebody would decide to travel that much to run all the smack shows um instead of uh supporting the home track but um we wish him all the best uh okay so who else do we have for the uh 350 division
2: uh, Robbie Worth, Ralph Clark, Nick Kinney, Kyle Perry, Jason Spaulding, Josh Sekolik, Nick Barzee. Now, here's an interesting one. Brad Babb, who's from New England, is driving past both of the New England races and coming all the way to Oswego. Good but for I think him. That's, that's also because he's Mike Ordway Jr.'s brother-in-law, and that's a Clyde Booth car, and Clyde Booth is going to be there, so it kind of all works out well but i love it yay for a swiggle another car for us and and we need it this week and and then tyler in the 45 and and dave cliff in the 50 but uh yeah pretty much all of those cars can win
0: yeah i was just sitting here thinking i haven't (laughs) uh i haven't heard a weak uh weak car mentioned yet uh right you know It, it, it only takes two to make a good race and we may only have 10 or 11 in the field, but man, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty stacked field. And, um, that should be a lot of fun to, to see. I'm, I'm really excited to, um, see how wrencher does in his first full year in the 350. Uh, you know, I just, he, that young man's got a whole lot of talent and, um, you know if he uh if if he can keep obviously keep keep luck on his side, um I think he's got a chance to win some races in that class.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure, absolutely great car, and he's just he was just getting used to it at the end of last yeah. year, um, looked again smooth, did a nice job at practice last weekend, and I know he's excited to get out there. He was just snapchatting me a little while ago a picture of his car. Nice. And Mike Ortonway Jr. just snapchatted me too a, a picture of his hotel lobby that says welcome platinum member. Michael O. Oh wow. Kind of go.
0: funny.
2: <laughs> Quite comical. He's <laughs> so he's here already, ready to go and shake down the sixty one tomorrow.
0: Sweet. That's awesome. Um okay. So uh we'll we'll hope for better things for the 350s as we go in terms of car count but it looks like yeah. certainly a, a quality field if not quantity which is great um and we know that some of those guys like the locks and all that will be coming along um all right so certainly not least uh but last let's uh get to the sbs division uh, and I'm hoping for better news on the car count in that class. It looks like we got a bunch of them, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it's 22 sound okay.
0: Yeah, we'll take it. Not too bad, right? Yeah, Over 20 is good. Bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I think it's a good field. Um, and there'll be more again later in the year. That's without a bunch of guys and gals that'll be out. Alex Hogue, I know, is is getting back into it. Um, Tessa Crawford will be out. She just hasn't practiced yet.
0: Okay.
1: Um,
2: the Haynes cars, I don't really know what the deal is there. A couple of them are for sale. Uh, they may or may not be out later in the year. So those are some guys that, that aren't going, but I found out today. that this was kind of a surprise that Mike Bond is going.
0: He's, he's, uh, he's going to be there this weekend,
2: this weekend, which is, Totally, wow. totally news to me. I saw Denise, his his car owner at the track today, just dropping off some paperwork. So the seventy four will, will be there this weekend, and she said he may run them all.
0: Wow, which is that that was that's wow. unexpected. Well, and horrible news for
2: everybody else. I was
0: gonna say it could be a could be a very very long year for the rest of the SBS field. Um, because uh you know i i think that um i think out of out of sheer respect to the rest of the cars i think mike should agree to start two laps down every week um is maybe somebody else would have a shot um but that's no that's what mike has been around forever and you know what it, we, we 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 poke fun but um in reality there's a guy that supported us. We speedway for a long dog on time. And if he's motivated to want to come out and run the entire season, bring him on because you know, he's not getting any younger. I'm not saying he's ancient. He's, I don't think he's quite uh, up to Gozik's age, but, uh, no. but he's uh, you know, he certainly is not getting any younger and it's great to see um, the veterans still have interest enough to want to come and play. So, um, that's uh, that's shocking. I would not have expected to hear that on the show tonight. But uh, Mike Bond returning. Now, here's the question. What is Danny Kaposinski's status in the SBS class now that the 350's out? Are they going to just run that, or are they going to run both? Or what? what is the plan there?
2: So he's only going to run the SBS for the out-of-town shows, okay. for Mr. SBS and for Classic, and that's
0: it. Okay. So, so that car will not be in action. There won't be another driver in it. Um, they'll just run the 350 um for most of the year is what you're saying in this Correct. Okay. Uh, so that clears that up. Who else have we got in the SBS division?
2: A kind of an interesting mix of mostly second year guys, but still a few rookies and then a few veterans, a couple of returning veterans. So, I'll run through the list Double yeah. 00 yeah. Jude Parker, who's a sophomore driver. Yes. Two, Jordan Sullivan, also a sophomore driver. Four, Rob Pullen, which is a really interesting story. And he's obviously a veteran feature winner and is going to be driving the Worth Racing Tony White tribute car this weekend with special permission from the white family. And I think that's really cool.
0: I do too. Cause they were very close from what I remember. Uh, and, um, I know that was important to rich and the group as well. Um, to do that. And I think that is only a, like a one-off kind of deal, right? Just for the weekend. And I think it's a Tony white tribute scheme, isn't it?
2: It is. That's yes. right.
0: Okay. Okay. So, um, so that'll be an interesting addition um I know I don't think they're planning to run that car weekly um from what I understood from Rich a while back unless something's changed
2: that's what I understood maybe if it goes well Saturday with Robbie they'll dabble with a little i don't know maybe mr s b s and dabble with a little more stuff later on in the year We'll see what happens I think that that could potentially be on the table, so I guess we'll we'll have to see.
0: It'll be interesting, to say the least, and uh, good uh, a good addition to the field on Saturday. Who else we got?
2: Nine Griffin Miller, third year guy there. Mike yep. Fowler, dirt car sportsman guy, uh, many time dirt sportsman feature winner. Yep, runs weekly on the dirt at Can-Am. Now running weekly for Jeff Carson at Oswego. Uh, 18, Andrew Shartner is planning on coming up this weekend, last I heard. Good. 22, Ryan Gunther with the former David Latulip, 27, totally updated and refurbished by Mike Bruce over the offseason, so he should have a nice strong piece. Sweet. 24, Tony DeStevens, again, former Dave Cliff car. Yes. Race car. 26, Jake Brown and Jake is still a rookie he only raced once last year i to say
0: <clears throat> i didn't Actually think got he got hurt too much
2: oh he did no yeah he got hurt in an accident in one and two i can't remember oh i don't remember that what exactly happened i thought he broke his wrist and my dad thought that he had a compression fracture oh wow um but he's only 20 so he's still a pretty young gun and Uh, looked real sporty at open practice last week the car looked good Uh, they put a ton of updates and time and effort into that car I know that it was the Steve Wood 93 and it doesn't even look like the the same car anymore Um, so he he did a nice job last weekend uh, and and looking forward to seeing how he does this year uh, now that he can hopefully finally race a full season so Good for those guys. And then his dad has the 93. His dad ran more than him last year. Um, so father and son racing together most weeks more often than not is what nice. Jake came to me. So that's fun. That's yeah. cool. Uh, 27, Stephen Bradshaw. I don't know who he is. I know nothing about him, but I should probably find out. Um, <laughs> he has Josh Sikolik's car uh the former 26 that was sold to hunter lawton last year hunter only raced it once and then sold it to tom bradshaw and steven is tom's son and yeah that was the first i heard of it that they bought the car registered the car anything last weekend and unfortunately he nicked the hub rail pretty good coming out of turn four in practice so oh boy I don't even know if they're going to race this weekend, but they are a commitment car, so hopefully they get it fixed, and, and they do. Uh, 35, A.J. Larkin, really good-looking race car. They did a good job with the graphics on that, yeah. and I think a body over the winter, so good to see A.J. back. 37, Jesse Barrett, former Mr. SPS, and also just opened his season up with a win at Evans Mills. Saw that. So good to have Jesse back, a yes. high-quality driver and, and great race car to, to have in the field. Uh, 55, this is another rookie, Carter Gates. Um, that car is a former Mark Denny car. It was bought by Kevin Gates, who put Dave Cliff in the car last year for okay. classic. Okay, yes. So it's the 35G, now it's the 55. Uh, Joey DeStevens did all the updating on that over the offseason. Oh, nice. It, Carter is Kevin's son. They're practicing tomorrow for the first time, so there's a story there. Uh, 62, DJ Schumann with a new look, last season's rookie of the year. 66, Derek Hilton, third year driver, also with a new look. 67, Ken Pierce has been gone for about 12 years and now getting back into it. So, uh, awesome looking race car. He gave me a little sneak peek and Everybody else will get to see it tomorrow when he practices, but really good looking car. Uh, He had some moderate success when he ran back 2007 to 2009 period. Okay. Um, Never a lot of luck, but did have some success and some good speed at times. So I'll be kind of interested to see how he does uh, car to watch this weekend. Uh, 72 drew Pascuzzi. That's another sophomore driver in a brand new car. Uh, he was in an older FFB driving for the Ratcliffe's last year. They wanted to kind of hack that all up and update it, and then Nate Ratcliffe got a little carried away and decided to junk that one and make a totally new car. So that's the first Ratcliffe chassis. Oh, had, wow. Had. Um, right. The 72, and it's it looks sharp. The 72 and 73 look really good. Those colors really pop, and... Drew seems to have taken a quick liking to that car. He got a top five, I think at Evans mills fifth or sixth and had some good speed out of the gate at Oswego last weekend. So nice. um, I'm sure Drew is excited for this season and improved equipment and, and has a great opportunity for him. Noah Ratcliffe again, please get a win this year Yeah, really. deserves it so much. It's about time. Um, Maybe it'll come Saturday. I hope so. That would that would be awesome. Uh, Seventy-four Mike Bond racing this weekend. Like I said, seventy-seven Cameron Rowe. He's just never going to stop running SPS. He's uh, <laughs> but, but I love Cameron. He's been a dedicated SPS sure Two thousand six, at least. Yeah, maybe two thousand four. It's been a long time, almost twenty straight years. So, and I know Mike Bond's been at it even longer, but he hasn't been commitment full season for that many straight years so cameron's been at it a while and i know kind of told me maybe this would be the last year and then his son is racing go-karts and might get in it at the end of the year at evans mills and then take over but then again he said maybe he'd buy a second car so who knows? <laughs> uh, so that's that's cameron uh tony pisa i don't think is racing this weekend i don't know why okay uh, but Greg O'Connor is, and the team car to Tony, and nice. that gets us to, to actually twenty three. Now that I've added Mike Bond to the list, so it looks like twenty three, almost a full field for for the opener for the Tony White Memorial. So that's a good field of cars. Interesting yeah. mix of drivers.
0: Well, it is, and um, it, it's interesting that we, when you went through that. Um, with the exception of Mike Bond, who is darn near relic, um, we, we just kidding, Mike. we, we, you know, and Cameron's been around a good while, but I mean, most of the drivers are fairly new to the class. The class is almost completely sort of turned over over the last, you know, uh, couple, three years or so. Um, and I think that's actually cool because, you, you've got guys like Kevin Pierce coming back. That's a good sign. Um, but you've got all those newer guys that you would imagine, would, you know, a lot of them are younger. And so, you know, that's good for longevity in the division. Right. Um, so that's actually, um, that's a very interesting list. Now, I did not hear you call out John Carson's name. Um, is John not racing this year? No, he didn't want to race anymore. Interesting. Okay. So he tried it for a year, decided it wasn't for him, but uh, dad still got the 10 car for Mike Fowler to drive.
2: Yes. And John's car is now Jordan Sullivan's car.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So it's the two car now. Um, And Jordan's been impressive uh, in in his uh, limited number of starts. So I'm glad to see that... um, you know, he's still there. And like I said, that I feel like that's another field where if you take Mike Bond and Danny K out of it, um, and we, we almost did, but then Mike's showing up Saturday. So, um, you know, if you take those two out, cause those two have been pretty much dominant. Um, and Danny has not been able to keep up with Mike so far. Um, if you take those two out of it, I feel like you've got a really, really interesting, um, you know, race there because there's a lot of the rest of them. I mean, yeah, Ratcliffe's been close. Miller's won. Um, you know, you've got guys in there, obviously, that have won races. Or, but, um, you know, man, Mike and Danny have just cleaned house over the last number of years, couple of years. Um, I mean, Mike, for a long time, and Danny um, Danny has dominated for, uh, what, two years straight now, pretty much. Um, but he's not been able to um, keep up with Mike, so it's going to be interesting to see how that. If Mike decides to run them all, Danny's not going to run much. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can actually stay with the seventy-four. Uh, I, I, I don't know how many races there are for the SBS division this year, and I, I'm, I, I promise I'm not saying this. I, I am dead serious when I say this. Um, I remember Jimmy Champagne won 13 out of 17 the one year, um, and that stands as basically a you know a, a record or tied with I think Todd Gibson. Did he get the 13? I can't remember. Um, but that's I don't know how many SBS races, but I think Mike could win them all. Um, <laughs> I really do. If he runs them all, I think he could sweep.
2: Uh, I hope he doesn't run them all. I love you, Mike. Sorry, but I,
0: I well. <laughs> I mean, and and I'm just saying, I mean, like he, he's just so much faster than everybody else. Not even funny. It's, you know, know. um, so I don't see how, unless you crash him or, and you know, I mean, he took himself out of the (laughs) classic and unfortunately took rich or uh, Robbie worth with him. But, um, you know, unless he makes a mistake like that, which is very rare for Mike, Mike is a sharp driver, um, and doesn't, you know, doesn't miss much, uh, you know barring anything like that um i mean i i haven't seen another car with the speed to keep up with the 74 so you know this could be a season sweep if he runs every week so we'll see how it starts on saturday night um and i i know nobody's ever done that before so you know why not you gotta listen you gotta you gotta talk about this stuff so you get people either arguing with you or agreeing with you Um, but I'm putting it out there. I think it could happen. You know, the interesting thing is, I think a lot of people thought, um, that going into last season after, um, the year that, that, uh, uh, Dave Shulick Jr. had in 20, what was it? 21. I think, I think, you know, everybody thought he was going to cakewalk 22 and he really didn't. I mean no. you know, he had some bad luck early and it took him a little while to kinda of get, you know, um and um he had no easy time of it until, you know, very late in the year. And even then, I would argue that it, it he didn't turn out to be the the dominant car that everybody feared he would. Um so you never know about these things. But Mike certainly has been very uh, very unbeatable. Um over the last number of years, especially in the classics with that car, um, you know it's uh, that he he's got something going on that nobody else has because the the speed in that car has just been amazing. So um, that'll be fun to fun to watch to see if anybody can can hang with him. Um, and yeah, so well, not bad. I mean, um, it it looks like we're going to be over twenty in uh, both the big blocks. And the SBS division, and yep. you know, um, we'll uh, we'll hope for more 350s as we go. Um, tell us before we um, move on to talk about some folks that that have recently left us. Tell us uh, the how the, the the day breaks down for Saturday. What's the schedule?
2: Yeah, so I'll go through the schedule, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on was the handicapping procedures for oh, all three divisions. Yes. go ahead it's, it's kind of interesting but I'll start with the schedule um, and then that kind of gets to the point where it is a little interesting uh, it's a long day uh, the back and front pit windows open at noon pit gates at noon uh, drivers meeting at 115 and then grandstands open at two warm-ups begin at two there'll be two rounds for each division okay SPS, 350s and supers warm-ups will end at four o'clock. Uh, Time trials will begin at 415, 350 groups, SPS groups, and then supers are actually single car time trialing this weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that's a little different. And then that's kind of where I'll bring in the handicapping procedure. So um, it'll be the same for May 27th, Saturday, and also for next weekend, June the 3rd, the top wing race. So I'll, cars will time trial single car two laps under the green the top 12 fastest cars will be inverted for the heat lineups so three heat races obviously 12th fastest starts pole and heat one 11th fastest pole and heat two
1: gotcha.
2: and so on uh and then 13th on back will start straight up then from each of the three heat races the top four cars for a total of 12 will make the redraw and then those guys will redraw on the podium there's pill draw sponsors for each yep. of the five races uh, cars that finish fifth on back in their heats will start straight up for the feature. So that's how the super heats and feature will be lined up the next two weeks. The three fifties and SPS will be under normal handicapping obviously for next weekend. But for this weekend, they're also kind of under a little bit of a different handicapping procedure um, with all cars going out for a twelve minute open pit. After the open pit, a pill will be drawn, either 0. .25, 0. .50, 0. .75, or one second off the fastest time, and they'll invert the heat lineups based on that time. They'll <laughs> then take the top four out of the three heats or top five out of the two heats and then redraw. for so the feature lineup, fastest time draws first, and then, like I said, June 3rd will be handicapped based on May 27th. So... I really have never gotten the whole group time trial draw the pill thing whatever if it makes sense to them like that's they can figure it out because I don't I don't want to try <laughs> because it doesn't make sense to me I don't know about you but
0: did, did they get this handicapping system from NASCAR I feel like this was an all-star race format that got turned down I don't know I I I feel like this is a rejected all-star race format and, oh maybe and, uh, I, somebody somebody flew it up to a swiggle by pigeon or something i yes I, I hope there's not a quiz because i will flunk um i look it's the same for everybody and that's why i always say it's yeah. like people you know well this format sucks it's like look it's safe for everybody we can like it or dislike it it's safe for everybody i've never been i you know i'll be honest i'm i'm you know, I'm old, so I've never been a fan of time trialing time other than classic weekend. And, and I, I understand it, you know, you're trying to give the fans something more to watch. It's, but it's, you know, um, I, but if we're going to do it, I mean, you know, why not? And so I guess if I understand this right, so that, 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 that you're going to have a hat, whatever with three or four, um, time uh what do i want to say differentials on uh, on it so you got a quarter of a second a half second three quarters of a second and a full second and what you're going to do is you're going to pick one out of the hat and that's going to determine the handicap yes
2: that's yeah interesting okay i just don't know really how they even keep track of that but
0: well i I mean everything is you know, by automatic scoring, I mean, you got your computer, so you know what everybody's times were. So I imagine somebody can build an Excel spreadsheet to calculate that um, and figure it all out or whatever, make it work. Um, it's just, yeah. you know, um, I guess, you know, for, for me as a fan, like I, I obviously couldn't, you know, which I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't think fans have ever been able to figure out a Swingos handicap system for years. Um, <laughs> no you know and, and i'm not trying to disrespect it. i'm just saying i don't think anybody's known what it was um and, and but and i think it's changed several times too right but um yeah it's it's um it'll be interesting i just look i love the series i love what john's done and the group they've tried to come up with um obviously you know more money more money more money which they've been that's you can check that box. Um, and they, they now have expanded to five shows. So yeah. we got, we got two a biggies in there. Check that box. Classics now part of the series. Check that box. So it looks like, you know, you're going to get, um, you might approach 30, um, for the classic or maybe a shade over. Um, if we can keep everybody kind of healthy and, and, you know, uh, not out of motor or car. um, you know, and and uh, I mean the format is different, so we can pick on it if we want and have a little fun with it. But um, I think we're all thankful that we have it, and um, you know, it's the yeah. it's met in good humor. So um, it'll be fun to watch. I'm excited to to um, to have floor racing on Saturday night and um, from Charlotte and keep track. And um, you know, looks like uh, how, how is I I hope there's sun in the forecast up there all weekend long oh good well um you know if you could like send some of that down here because our forecast for saturday is definitely not sunny um and so um you know but that's okay because i guess if uh if nothing else i'll be sitting in the tower at charlotte watching floor racing so um you know, waiting for the Xfinity race to start at about one in the morning. They're actually gonna they moved it up an hour. I guess they don't think it's gonna start raining now till late because they moved it to a noon start time, so maybe it'll be over with. Oh. But anyway, um it's great to have you back, Cam. And uh I know that we wanna kind of now move to um some memorials. And I, I want to talk about Mike Murphy first, um because Um, Mike's been around, Mike was around the Oswego Speedway for as long as I was. Um, and, um, but, but I didn't have a lot of interaction with him and I didn't, I, I, I know that he's, he, obviously I remember when he owned the car that Brian Sobis drove and I was trying to think who followed Brian and I think it was Timmy J in that, in that 60, um, back in the day. Um, but, um, I, I don't know as much about the depth of, of all of his sort of chronology of the different teams and drivers he's helped. I know he was, um, with, um, the 52 team for Dave Danzer. I know he helped Michael Barnes quite a bit. Um, what can you tell us about Mike Murphy? You've certainly been, you know, in the pits and, and probably have known about him for, um, for quite a while now.
2: Just that he, honestly, he was one of the main guys that I would just truly look forward to seeing and conversing with every week because he was so genuine and helpful to everybody that he came across and just very thoughtful, kind person. And just, it made you feel good about yourself to, to be around Mike, um, he was the tire specialist for pretty much every team he was with. Um, according to other competitors and, and a lot of the people up there at the speedway, they they claim that nobody knows as, as much about who's your tires as Mike Murphy did. And he was, and it showed. He was brilliant with with that with with every team he was with. Most recently, the Dancer team and. Like you said, own the 60, beautiful race car and, and got to live his dream of, of being an a swiggle car owner, uh, for, for Brian and, and for Timmy J. And uh just shocked, honestly. I was totally shocked and dumbfounded by it. I had no idea that Mike was sick and just <laughs> just, just a shame. Just a great guy. Uh Wednesday tire nights will never be the same without Mike
0: yeah that's um it's it is tough i you know i made the point that um you know i talked about because he 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 passed away uh right around the same time chuck Siprich did and you know i talked about how both of them were legends in different ways you know and and um you You know you have some of those folks we don't talk about the pit crews a lot we don't get to hear about the guys who are the (laughs) legends in the pit area as much um and mike i feel like mike's mike had a hand in you know so many different cars over a period of of years and oh sure probably way more than we knew definitely you know because i i feel like mike would be a guy that probably a lot of people would call in the middle of the week for advice you know and we would never know about that because obviously it didn't happen at the racetrack um so we're gonna miss mike dearly and um you know we uh we will never forget the impact that he had on so many people over you know 50 years or so um maybe more than that uh yeah. you know it's uh, it's crazy and then to lose ron sharkey um as well um i mean um you know i don't i don't want this to sound wrong but man i i'm t- i don't want to do any more tribute shows for a while and and of course ron uh, the sharkey yeah. family's been a part of Oswego speedway for decades um you know, going back to the Sharkey brothers 08, when I, back in the early seventies that Ron Gamble and Fred Pete, uh, drove the old Champine car, which, um, you know, is obviously has now been restored. Um, and, uh, of course, Billy Sharkey and, and, the, the Sharkey family coming back. Um, I was trying to remember back to, um, when Billy ran his first race, it was i think it was a fall race and he had i think they had the old eddie thompson 91 at that time which didn't that wasn't for long they ended up buying uh the Jim Muldoon car that was uh that danzer craig danzer bought and and billy ran that forever um until you know they they split up and um you know but ron um you know, Ron had the car there, the 71 super for a little bit. And, uh, of course, you know, had his, his kids, uh, that ran modifieds. Um, I mean, again, just, you know, just a very sudden, terrible, terrible loss, uh, for the, not only the super modified community, but obviously, you know, the, the modifieds as well.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't believe that when I read it, obviously just so sudden and the way that it happened, just awful, honestly. I mean, just awful that he was in his happy place doing what he loved with his son, if that's any consolation. You know, and you heard from his friends who he told how excited he was and how much he was enjoying retirement and just Really looking forward to spending the summer racing with his son Matt up at Evans Mills, and and then his brother Dale and Dale's son Jeff, Jeff yeah. who races 66, yeah. and just a family thing. And um, you know, I I had thought when that happened, you know, on top of everything else, obviously that's a very racing-oriented family, and sure is. Who's lose your father, your your crew chief, I just can't even imagine. And for Matt Sharky to have, I guess, the motivation, I can't even find the right word, to load the car, get in the truck and drive up there the very next weekend yeah. and race. It's like, wow. That's well he, he did what his dad would have wanted him to do. Yes.
0: And that's the motivation you're doing it for your dad. Um, you're carrying on because again, that's, you know, the, the racing community is a, it's a giant family. We may fight with each other and make each other mad once in a while, but you know, when, when things go wrong, everybody pulls together and, um, you know, it's, um, it was amazing to see that. I think weren't, Weren't both of them in Oswego as well for one of the practice sessions recently? Yeah,
2: yeah, and that was the other thing. It was really awesome to see the 71 go around Oswego again uh, because Bill's going to be the 59 this year, I hope, if he gets that out. Um, But that's the first time in a while a Sharky 71 has gone around Oswego and and Matt's first ever laps around Oswego Speedway, so no question that Ron was looking down and smiling, very sure. proud of the sun getting to turn some laps at the big O. So yeah. just, uh, just unfair, really just crazy. It's been a tough off season. Yeah. Very
0: really has. Season. Yeah, really has. Let's hope that, uh, let's hope that's, it, you know, that's it for a while. Um, I you know, so. and, and again, prayers, uh, and condolences to, uh, to the Sharkey family and, and, and everybody who knew and loved Ron and also of course to uh, Mike Murphy's family I know they had a, a lap around this Swingo and a nice tribute to Mike uh, here not too awful long ago and yeah. I'm sure that um, again I'm sure Mike was looking down and smiling at that that was really cool
2: oh that sure was yeah very special just uh, yeah. I'll miss, miss Mike a lot yeah. He was really, really good guy and I didn't know Ron as well. I know we were Facebook friends and conversed every now and then. But Mike, like I said, just a guy I truly enjoyed talking to every week and um made time for me, made time for my dad and you know, at the beginning he didn't even know who we who we were, but I knew who Mike was and Right. Um, just those things stick with you over the years. For he's sure. always been one of my favorite people in the the pits and just uh, can't say can't say enough good things about them
0: well um, yeah and uh, the memories of uh, Mike and Rob will carry on uh, for so many people here and um, Camden it's uh, great to have you back on the program and um, you know hate that uh, you're not able to run Saturday but I know you're going to be keeping track of everything and doing all kinds of crazy content and look forward to um, having you back on uh next week to um to wrap it up with us and carry us into the rest of the season so uh have a great time on saturday wish everybody a safe race there and uh we'll uh we'll look forward to talking to you after it's over
2: thanks tom it's great to uh get back on the show and and yeah racing at five o'clock on saturday we'll we'll see everybody then can't wait
0: look forward to it camden proud everybody Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here on Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks. Welcome back to The Groove and... It is time now for What's in a Number, and we are looking at the number eight and the number 17 on this episode, since it is episode 117, and I want to start this segment by wishing uh, one of our super fans here of this show, uh, Robert Metcalf. I want to wish him well, uh, Robert, we know that you're having some challenges again and, um, we are praying for you and we are thinking about you and this segment obviously is for you. Um, and, uh, we, we are think we think of you every time we do this cause you got me into this, uh, <laughs> quandary of having to do two numbers a week for a while um but uh no we we are uh robert we wish you well and uh stay strong my friend uh god has got you in the palm of his hand and he is uh in control of this and i know um that you are going to be just fine so um I I just uh, again we're 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 thinking about you buddy okay let's start with the number 8 shall we I mean do I really have to spend a lot of time on that? um if there ever is a number there's there's two numbers um the 8 and the 10 that belong to you know Jimmy Champagne Nolan Swift but the 10 is sneaky because Nolan retired in 178, and then the ten had a history um and won a classic with Warren conium and had quite a bit of stuff going on uh before um before they retired the number so Jimmy was killed in nineteen eighty two and uh the number did have a brief history after Jimmy and we'll we'll go there. Um, but for most of the history of the track now, I don't know if anybody had an eight before Jimmy did when he started. I'm sure there probably was at some point. I don't know who it would have been. So if anyone's old enough to be able to fill in the fifties to the early sixties and come up with a couple of number eights or one number eight, have at it. Um, it's all Jimmy for me and we've, we, you know, I could spend the entire show, rest of the show, just talking about Jimmy Champine, Um, but that's, we, we've done that on some other shows. Let me just say this, what he accomplished in 15 years, really about 15 years of, um, racing. I mean, a, a shade more than that, but his first win, if I remember was sixty seven and lost his life in eighty two what he accomplished in that amount of time it just nobody will ever do it again it'll never be it'll never be done again um and the fact that he did most all of it in cars that he built just makes it all the more unbelievable in an era when anything went basically was run with your brung pretty much, you know, um, Jimmy was the man he just was Jimmy. Um, I mean, uh, Nolan surely built the track, but Jimmy remodeled it. And, um, we've had many other, Really great drivers each era. If you look at it, uh, Jimmy dominated the 70s for the most part. Um, Nolan was the 50s and 60s. Jimmy, for the most part, was the 70s. Nolan started to sort of fade a little bit after 72. The rest of it was Jimmy. But Jimmy had already won track championships or a track championship in 70, um, and, uh, I think he won the 72 championship, didn't he? Or did no one get that? I think Jimmy did. Uh, you know, it just was, um, incredible. I mean, you know, it, his stats will never be equaled his impact, um, on super modified racing as a whole, um. You know he he basically the wedge car that he built in sixty nine uh won about fifty five I think of his of his races and then um he something in that area and then the radical offset changed what a super modified was and then the rear engine car. Um, you know, it didn't. It won one race and had one spectacular drive in the classic before it was banned. Uh, but he was the first one to put it all together and really make it work. Johnny Spencer and Doug Duncan were the first to win with a rear engine, but that car of Jimmy's, and and I just I will will never. You will never get me to believe um, because I've been told by too many people who, who know and understand what they were looking at with that car it was nothing about that car that was costlier or anything else that was there. And there there really was nothing that necessarily assured that it was just going to come out in 1980 and just dominate everything. It There, there just wasn't Um It may have, um, and rear engines may have become the dominant kind of car, but you know, who knows? I mean, it, it's, it's obviously impossible to say now, but, um, but nonetheless, Jimmy's career is unparalleled, um, in super modified history. And it just isn't, it isn't going to, nobody will ever again, be able to do what jimmy did because um again it, it nobody builds cars um and goes and wins bunches of races that the the cars are are more more of a spec car now and um you know you you really everything's kind of close to the to the line um which is almost unfortunate because you, you would want somebody to be able to be kind of the next Jimmy champagne. Um, I mean, I would say that Otto Sitterly has the knowledge and the ability would have the ability to build a car and, and, you know, when with it, but, but again, um, you're just not going to catch up to 87. You know, it's just, um, I mean, Jeff Abel, obviously it's a home built car, you know, you've got some, but, um, you, you're just not going to, you're, you're not going to have that kind of a run. Um, over that period of years, Jimmy was, that was just incredible. So, um, now, Aside from Jimmy, the eight's kind of sneaky, because if you recall, Bobby Barzi ran the eight. Um Bobby was on Jimmy's crew and, and Bobby was allowed to run the number. Um and I I I seem to think he ran it and then it got retired, so he went to oh eight. Am I right? Somebody will confirm that. Um, but, um, I think he, I think he ran both. I think he was eight, then he was 08. Um, and also, uh, the first one besides Jimmy to run the eight actually did it before Jimmy left us. Do you remember who it was? Mike McLaughlin. When he when Norm Foster bought Jimmy's radical offset uh in nineteen eighty one, Mike came out at the end of the season and ran that car um as the eight. So he was he was the first one besides Jimmy to run as the eight ball whenever jimmy had two cars jimmy would run the eight ball and the other car was a different number so when jack murphy ran jimmy's wedge and i think it was the 69 classic it ran as the six ball when maynard troyer ran jimmy's roadster the wedge um it wasn't a wedge anymore but uh that same car in the 77 classic was 88 And then when Conium drove the rear engine car, it was the six ball in 79. So Mike McLaughlin was, as far as I remember, the only other driver to run an eight ball. Because even when Steve Joya ran Jimmy's radical offset, he was the first one to drive it in competition, ran it in the last race of 76. Jimmy hadn't even raced it yet. Um... I think it was scored as the nine. uh, Nine ball, basically, I believe. Um, So because at that time, you couldn't have you couldn't have double numbers because they didn't have the automatic scoring yet. So the car might have said eight ball, but it was scored as I think, the nine that night. So. McLaughlin would get credit. Now, the irony of that is that then, um, of course, when Jimmy became the eighty nine, Mike and Norm Foster, when they repainted the car for eighty two, they ran it as the eight. So Mike was at Mike ran the eight ball, then he ran the eight, the crazy eight in eighty two was the old jimmy car so i always you know i've always wondered you know what jimmy if jimmy even gave that a second thought how weird is that like you've had the eight number for all those years now you're 89 and then you got your old car that you're racing against um with it's not eight ball but you know um it's not i think about that that was that's kind of interesting and then to close the loop, the last driver to run the eight actually did it. I think it was two years ago, right? Twenty-one season. I think it was twenty-one. Max McLaughlin, Mike's son. They allowed him when he was running for. Uh, he was running as a team car, a teammate to uh, Tyler Thompson, the Jason Simmons backup car they made it the crazy eight now he got permission because of the connection to mike mclaughlin obviously so they allowed him to do it but then i'm trying to remember was it danny k see the one that ran it in the classic that year they made him run 88 they wouldn't let him use the eight um which you know again i've expressed before that i I think it's neat that they retired the numbers, but a number is a number. You know, I, I just, I don't, I understand in football, they retired jerseys and numbers or whatever. It's fine. I don't care either way. I don't have, I don't have a preference either way. It's not like I, I'm not negative about retiring numbers, but you know, um, I think in racing, it's just different, you know? So uh, for me, it doesn't matter, but, um interesting that that i'm pretty sure it was danny that drove that car in that classic and i think it was um i think it was 88 when he ran it so um definitely uh jimmy's number no question about it that number will forever be jimmy champagne and of course now they've retired it unless max decides to run another super modified race there probably will never be another eight there again Which is, like I said, that's okay, too. It isn't like there's, you know, 60 cars in the field anymore. So, you know, plenty of numbers for everybody to use. But uh, both the 8 and the 10 are retired. And, you know, I don't know. Again, you know, I think those two were the obvious. Uh, uh, I don't know that I'd be in favor of retiring any other numbers. Uh, You know, I just... I know we've had other dominant drivers in different areas, but, you know, I think there are two that stand above the rest, and that's Nolan and Jimmy. And, you know, you you just, because you'd end up retiring a bunch of numbers, really, if you started going any farther, you know, with that. So um, I think I probably would say that, that would those would be the only two that should be retired um in my opinion but we'll see what happens see what everybody else decides let's move on to 17 now this one's a little different because um i know i'm gonna i'm gonna miss here because we've got a couple of one-offs here or whatever um The first 17 that I remember, um, I, again, I, I'm going to start in 72 with Bernie Grant because, and I think I'm pretty sure he was 17, wasn't he? Um, cause I don't, um, he might've been seven no, he wasn't seven. That was Max Dalker with Johnny Logan. Yeah. I think he was 17. Um, I'll start there. There might've been, you know, before in the sixties or whatever, but I, I wouldn't know. And I don't think any of them, I don't think it, I don't know of a 17 that stood out enough for me to know who it would have been. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken that, and I, and again, it, it, somebody can correct me. Cause this, this is like a snapshot in my head. But I think that the first 17 I saw race might have been Bernie Grant's car in 73. And I, I want to say that Terry Bartlett might have been driving it. But I don't think it ran much. Um, And then uh gosh who would have been the next one See, this is where i'm gonna get stumped because this was not a number that had a specific sort of long history with any one driver or owner in that period of time in the 70s um uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember there. And, but I feel like it was a number that maybe like a Larry record might've used a time or two, like one of those numbers that you take 11 and make it 17 or whatever. And we might've had one or two of those in the seventies with different uh drivers coming in and having to change a number. So I think maybe that now, Um, I'm trying to remember, and again, the year is condensed now, Um, so I might get the order mixed up. I think that the Dave Lair 17, I want to say, because this became Canadian, right? Because we had Dave Hooper and Dave Lair, and I don't remember which... I'm trying to remember which came first. I think the Lairjet was first. And um, Dave drove it. Um, Timmy Nelson drove it. Um, gosh. I don't know if Jamie Moore drove it when it was the 17, but Jamie's driven most of the cars that have ever raced in a swing. <laughs> Just kidding, Jamie. But he's Jamie had a lot of rides. Um I I know he drove it for Dave when his car became 88, but I I don't know if he ever drove the 17, but I'm guessing he might have. Um and Dave Lair, remembered uh not Dave Lair. <laughs> he owned the car. Um Rich Vogler is the name I was trying to get out of my head. <laughs> The late, uh, the late Rich Vogler drove the car the one night again. This was one of those Syracuse Oswego challenge events, I think, and I think Rich was running a sprint car at Syracuse, if I have my memory right. And then showed up and jumped in this car and Dave Lair's car. And I'm telling you, Vogler, I, I, that man, that was it was tragic when he lost his life. Um, because boy, that he could drive anything. He looked like he'd been driving supers for 10 years in that car that night. I don't remember if he finished the race or not. He might've, but he was fast. I mean, he just, he took right to it. Um, gosh, I don't know if Dave had any other drivers in 17 or not. Uh, cause I feel like that kind of was a bit of a, not a, not a, revolving seat but there were a few right that's why i said this number is tricky because there's one-offs here um then dave hooper i think was after dave lair dave had that blue 17 um where did it go from there see this is gonna trap me again because you know it if if the not if the if the team doesn't stand out or a number and sometimes when we get, you know, like nineties, two thousands, um, I feel like there had to have been at least one 17, but I, I don't remember who it would have been. Uh, and then I'm going to throw this in just because I like saying it. Uh, and as a kid, I always thought it was funny, you know, uh, especially a kid who is I, I say literate um, not not making a joke but just uh, from from the t- from the time I was old enough to um, probably before I remember but certainly from the time I'm old enough to remember my mother would read to me and I started reading and I, I became very good at it I mean I remember being in you know like first or second grade and you have your little reading class and I was like um at that time we had like i would i turned the tables on the reading teacher it was like teaching the teacher um and um i was always very advanced for reading uh and and i bring that up because um it's like from the time i was little for whatever reason i my brain was programmed to remember like names and hometowns and of course now you know turning to mush but i won't forget this one ken canastrari from Keno jahari um uh Can-A-Jahiri more correctly but i i think every once in a while jack would slip and he would say Canoja jahari um and uh yeah uh, it just the rhyming thing there it always stuck so um so I'll throw in the modified one. And and of course, if we're going to go that far. Then the Junkins, I think it was Junkins. Was, no, um, who owned the 17? Gosh, um, the purple 17 that Ron Bouchard drove. I can't remember who owned it. But that was, uh, man, that was an infamous modified for a long time. Satch Worley drove it, I think, once at Oswego. and had a good run in it. Um, so a little bit of modified there to throw in just because. Um, but I... I'm just going to let you guys fill in the gap. I feel like there's a 17 currently and somebody's going to stick me with it, but that's just how it is. And I just did a show with cam. So I should remember, but I don't remember hearing us. don't remember us talking about a 17. So I'm just going to guess. Um, so I'll leave that one there, but that's, that's kind of a sneaky little number. Cause like I said, I feel like there were a couple of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of, uh, 17s um that might have happened for classics that were number adjustments number changes um and uh i wouldn't i'm gonna miss one or two of them somebody might be sharp enough to fill in the gap um all right well folks we're gonna close it here because i'm gonna literally go and shut up Um, I've got work to do at Charlotte the next few days, including some interviews. So you go rest the pipes. And uh, if you're listening to this, uh, it's out on Friday. That's the idea. Get it out before the season opener. Um, Thanks to Camden Proud for uh, taking an hour and a half out of his evening to jump on and help us to preview the season and to help us more properly uh, remember and celebrate the lives of Ron Sharkey and Mike Murphy we hope that's the end of, um, our tribute shows for a little while. Uh, anyway, and, uh, look forward to next week. We're going to, again, the, 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 game plan going forward is going to be to get an interview with cam each week, get, you know, we're kind of doing the wrap up, um, of each race and, you know, previewing the next race going forward, hitting the news, um, we hope to have, obviously, we'll start trying to get some guests on now. Um, and once we're, we're going to try to keep the shows, again, keep them reasonable in length, um, the the Season Rewind series is going to keep going. And what I'm hoping is that as we go forward here, I'll be able to now start... Um, just batch recording those. So, you know, which basically defines itself as, you know, pick a, pick a, you know, uh, one day a month or a couple days a month to just like, boom, boom, boom. We're going to get through as many as I can have, as I have programs for, or I can get the programs for easily enough. Um, we're going to do our best. Cause I, that, I love the fact that when we do that, we now have the permanent history, right? That's why I'm doing that. And you guys have enjoyed those. Um, so we're going to try to, to, keep those going. And the idea would be that we, we can have one of each, each week. I'm going to try to stick to that, uh, as best I can. So we'll have a groove show and then, you know, the season rewind series, um, And if I get a groove show with a guest, then the cam segment will be its own segment. The idea is I want to try to be doing more content each week, right? So we're, we're kind of breaking it up so we, we can get more content out, um, and keep each piece a little bit shorter, uh, as we go forward and, um, we're going to start doing some written stuff. Of course, we've got the steering wheel nation magazine as well. Uh, we're working on the, the first issue now of the year. We're a little behind schedule on that, but we're going to have it, have it out as quickly as we can. We're still going to get four in for the year. Um, so if you've subscribed, you're still going to get four issues um, and we're going to try to get supers in every issue. That's the goal um, with one story or another uh, one way or another. We're going to try to get super modifieds in every issue because I, I want to do as much as we can. Um, and we've got our new community, uh, platform coming out that, um, is, we've been a while with that and, um, there are reasons for that, but I want to tell them here, um, just know that, uh, some of the technology that we wanted in ours hat is not, is not there yet, um, and but we're going to go ahead and open it anyway uh as soon as we can here most likely in the next week um the free community will be open hopefully on monday or tuesday that's the goal for that and then our subscriber community for all the magazine subscribers and we're going to do some really cool things with that once we get that up and running um that's going to be exclusive stuff um and that's going to be uh, opening soon as well. So, um, excited about all of that. And once we get those open, then we're we're going to push the main content over to those communities. And the reason for that is because that way there are we can interact with each other in a much more fluid and easy way um, through that that platform and the app that, that goes with it than I can even through social media. So, um, easy to download the app. It's no different than downloading Facebook, except you don't do it through your app store. We'll give you a QR code or a text to join. And it'll just ask you if you want the app. You just tell yes, then, you know, just download it. So, um, free to, free to do for the free community. If you want to be in the subscriber area, um, then, you know, it's 29.95 a year for the subscriber area, which basically amounts to, what is that? Four bucks a month, something like that. Um, and uh, not even that; it's about two bucks, two fifty a month, I guess, right? Um, and we are going to the subscriber area is going to get some stuff um, that we're not putting in the free community. Just so you know, um, it's it is it it it's same mentality as everybody's using for the paywall, except the stuff we're gonna do isn't just stories. We're going to do some giveaways and some cool um, interactive stuff in that. uh, And that's the idea is I want this to be totally unique. And we're going to start adding more um, of other people's content into our communities on that platform as well. Steering wheel nation was always meant to be a hub. It was never meant to be just the stuff I do or we do as steering wheel. All right. Have a great weekend, folks. Enjoy uh, opening day. Uh, We didn't talk much about Jennerstown. We'll get uh, with Cam on that on the next show um, and look forward to having some coverage of that. And remember this weekend to stop and remember why we have this weekend, and that is to uh, remember those who have given their lives for the cause of our freedom. So make sure you keep, uh, keep that in your mind and also enjoy... The big three on Sunday. Thank God. Monica's back in the morning. Indy 500 in the afternoon and the Coke 600 at night. Uh, Let's hope everybody's safe. And we'll talk to you on the next Inside Groove. Thanks again to our sponsors. I'm Tom Baker.
1: So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.